The views expressed in this podcast are solely those of the speaker. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not a substitute for professional medical advice from your own physician. Hello, my name is Joe Schwab from Mass General Hospital in Boston. This is Dan Shuba from Johns Hopkins and Ilya Laufer from Memorial Sloan Kettering Hospital in New York. We're going to be speaking about the use of separation surgery combined with stereotactic radiosurgery today. Ilya, could you explain what stereotactic radiosurgery is? Uh, stereotactic radiosurgery is delivery of uh, high-dose uh, radiation uh, to a very focal area, usually to uh, the area outlined by the contours of the tumor. Uh, it allows us to deliver ablative doses of radiation rather than uh, just palliative doses, um, and it allows uh, very durable tumor control uh, while sparing the surrounding structures, and, uh, and this is particularly important in the spine because the spinal cord is usually very close to uh, the tumor that we're trying to treat. Dan, how about separation surgery? What exactly is separation surgery? So separation surgery, let, let me step back and just say that the goal of uh, taking a tumor out of the spine is, is local control and decompressing. In theory, if we could deliver a high enough radiation to the tumor, in theory, we could accomplish both. We could get rid of the tumor, then decrease the compression, and we can also give local control. The issue is that it's hard to give a high dose of radiation right next to the spinal cord, especially if the tumor is right up against it. So the idea of separation surgery is really to do just enough surgery, whatever that is, uh, and we have a number of ways we do it, but it's to give enough separation of the spinal cord from the tumor so that then a radiation oncologist with our, with our uh, help can plan a high-dose radiation to that field while giving local control and killing the tumor and also minimizing injury to the spinal cord. So the separation is to give that uh, area so that we can deliver that high dose. Ilya, are there any data to support the use of separation surgery and stereotactic radiosurgery? Uh, I think there are several publications that detail the uh, outcomes of uh, this combination treatment. Uh, most of them indicate that uh, the tumor control provided by a combination of separation surgery followed by uh, radiosurgery uh, provides actually very durable uh, tumor control and the high probability of tumor control irrespective of tumor histology, prior radiation, and tumor volume. And these are key distinguishing features compared to conventional radiation. Uh, in conventional radiation, uh, a lot of the tumors were resistant to uh, the, uh, the treatment and then recurred at pretty high frequencies after conventional radiation. With radiosurgery, we can treat tumors such as renal cell carcinoma, thyroid metastases, uh, certain sarcoma metastases to the spine with the expectation of uh, tumor control in the, uh, above 90% at one to uh, three years after surgery. And that's a dramatic change compared to conventional radiation. Uh, we also have some data uh, showing improvement of qual in quality of life for these patients. We have uh, data that uh, supports uh, certain dosing paradigms um, as well as um, uh, uh, pain relief. Dan, how, how is separation surgery, the use of separation surgery with our SRS, how's that changed your practice? You know, I, I think that the key is that we still have to be fundamental in trying to get a good separation of the spinal cord and doing a good operation. but. Within that framework, if that's the goal, I think that what we can do is we can become a little more creative in terms of how aggressive we have to be. So, for example, if one can accomplish the separation through a minimally evasive means, <coughs> maybe the access uh, to this, this tumor is much smaller. So, in some ways, it allows probably more minimally evasive aspects of spine tumor surgery because we don't have to go through normal tissue to get to the whole tumor like we used to. We can get to some of the tumor to separate the spinal cord 
And then that remaining tumor that may be hard to get to or in the past required another stage or more of a transcavitary approach, maybe we can avoid that stage altogether, provide stabilization, provide separation, and the radiation can do the rest. So I think it's allowed a lot of us to think of doing surgery smaller. On very sick patients with metastatic disease, that can be really high yield for that patient. So that's, I think, how it's changed my practice. So some people talk about anterior column support and with a more minimally invasive approach and using SRS, do you need to use anterior support and are you using anterior support in your cases? Uh, I think there's a fairly wide uh, range of practices when it comes to this. Uh, and uh, in my practice, I actually never use anterior column support. I really rely on uh, standalone posterior constructs and uh, it's proven to be fairly reliable uh, for us. Uh, it's very infrequent for us to see any types of uh, hardware fractures or uh, loosening that requires um, any type of revision. Um, uh, however, uh, many people uh, still prefer to use some anterior comp support, especially in patients who, in whom they expect uh, long-term survival. And I think it's a reasonable approach. Um, uh, our data indicated that uh, uh, the need for revision after posterior instrumentation alone was uh, under 3% uh, for patients with metastatic disease, which is quite low and we're pretty comfortable with that. Great. Well, thanks, Ilya. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for joining.